walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. Where were you while we were getting high? TV Empire to director, we have a player review. Can we rock and roll, please? Who were the bowlers? What happened to the intros? What are football, tennis, badminton experts doing on a cricket pod? Are we a cricket pod even? Even if our new logo makes you believe so. Why is baseball? Where were you when we were flying high? Slowly walking down the ball, faster than a cannonball. Where were you when we were flying high? Someday they will find me caught beneath the headlines from a baseball super over, baseball super over in Chennai. So onwards then to episode 82 of more of this nonsense, the Bits and Pieces podcast, where uh, we've got a strangely eclectic, accomplished panel featuring a couple of debutants, much like the Indian ODI side in the absence of Virat and Rohit. Uh, whisper it, but uh, it may even have made us stronger. Srinath Sripathyar, Srinath Sripathyar, manning pod hosting duties for this week and uh, joining me. Starting with uh, the Scrolls, former sports editor, uh, the man who consumes uh, sport 26 hours a day, eight hours a week, who hasn't known eight-hour sleep cycles for at least a decade straight, uh, the Satvik Smash world record holder for the fastest tweets from across badminton, Arsenal, women's cricket, chess, multi-sport events, and most importantly, the king of Gaundamani GIFs. Uh, for the first time on the pod, Trichy's own, uh, the world-famous Vinayak M. Vanakkam, Vinayak. TV volume, can mm-hmm. you uh, <laughs> Trichy's own. Nice, nice to see you, Trichy's own, uh, Srinath. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me here. Great to, great to be a part of one, finally. Uh, thanks to Choppy for the invite and thanks you all for uh, letting me be a part of this. Looking forward to this. Thank you. Maze, I think that's the most uh, respectful, formal response we've had on the pod in 82 <laughs> episodes. Welcome, Vinayak. Absolute pleasure. Time for our second debutant. Will actually tell you that uh, he's technically on the second episode of Bits and Pieces, at least according to himself. Uh, say hello to the Bengaluru FC Ultra, my fellow masochist of a Man United fan, the save tomato to this pod, save Tam Otter, uh, another R- Ashwin reference if you're joining us for the first time. <laughs> the Basbola fan, the succession super fan, who's still awaiting the season finale to the Glazers succession saga. The coder zombie with the FIDE chest rating. Welcome, welcome, Nishit. Hello, hello. And uh, it's a very apt introduction because uh, much like Sanju Samson, I have been lurking around the pod, but today I am actually making my debut. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, To round off the panel, I've got uh, three intros titled Wing It. Uh, So let's me do a quick roll call. The Ejipura economist uh, who can explain to you the marginal cost of cockiness with every additional day of basketball played. Uh, the man who can spot a photograph angle like Sohail Abbas and Jugraj Singh combining for a cheeky penalty corner. Okay, uh, I'm way out of my depth here. So please welcome the one and only Tariq Laskar. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Trina. Slight, slight geolocation problems. Uh, I'm about six, seven miles from Ejipura now. This is a full hour in Bangalore. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much a full hour in Bangalore. It literally <laughs> is. Optimistically full hour. Nobody knows whether uh, our fourth fellow went to college or attended off movies like they were mathematics two classes. But uh, he's turned out all right. Uh, between the fintech scene and the finished scene, aka RCB, our man goes around uh, looking for a movie reference <laughs> like Sky after a scoop shot <laughs> when mere mortals just don't see it. Welcome back. The knowledgeable Bengaluru bro who will tell you how he feels about the World Cup ticketing arrangement and infrastructure. 
Hey Samir Mohan, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Soon to be knowledgeable Chennai bro. If I get tickets oh. to the India Australia game, <laughs> Gia Good luck with that. Problems. <laughs> I think the spot has been waiting to be uh, knowledgeable Dharamshala crowd for a year and a half. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> higher forces have intervened. Uh, round off the panel. Uh, we have. Portuguese Palanichami, the Lisbon Loganathan, the cricketing Karunakara, <laughs> who hops between Chris Martin concerts and R. Ashwin Mankads, aka the real cold play. Uh, the Velacheri wizard, only <laughs> Sadak Open. Welcome, bro. Oh, wow. Ore, just uh, monikers after monikers kept flying. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Today, I am in Lisbon. Weather is quite nice and uh, it's, of course, raining in London as usual, but I'm so excited to be here and discuss all of it. Very good. I think you set it up uh, nicely. At the Australia, start. as we speak, are uh, 130-odd for no loss, chasing 383. So, whichever way the game goes by the time you're listening, all of this will remain true. Uh, that's the only thing we'll say. Uh, we we were actually talking about Murli. I want to throw straight to you. Uh, if England win this, are we supposed to think that it would have been 3-2 and basketball's like greatest thing since uh, sliced bread? It is, right? So, in the last days, if his Royal Highness Sir Torrential Reign did not play spoil sport, does not continue to play spoil sport, and they won the last one, they win this one, and their people scored more runs. Zach Crawley is the highest scorer. He's got a higher strike rate. He's got a higher average. They are continuously able to bat with removing time out of the equation and show results each time. Were they the better team? Only Reign can tell. That's cue for the next season of the test on prime no? like like season 3 becomes like rain is one of the main characters on the x-ray sheet apparently that was the high point of australia yesterday like mcdonald's pep, pep talk was recorded for the test uh, the the test documentary that is uh, before the day's play and then obviously they fed into Zach Crawley's pads and the rest is unfortunate history. A lot more sort of uh, resulting or whatever, like Nitin keeps calling it, that we're going to do because we're going to see how it all pans out at the end of it. But I think it's even, and if possible, even a little more than even on England's side, if everything had you know actually fallen in their favour. Yeah, they lost, lost the first two, but it looks like they came back hard. The basketballing work, the Zach Crawley's work, the, even the, the, the ones lower down the order, the Wokeses, the Bearstows, everybody got their own redemption arcs, right? It is again another Telugu movie where the hero has come back towards the end and is rising from like the ashes like a phoenix. It's happening. I actually want to throw it to Vinayak because uh, Vinayak actually was... Uh... In the US and became a journal about a decade ago. And over time, uh, on his path to becoming sports editor, he's also become one of the most sane, balanced voices on, on the game, uh, not just cricket, but many other sports. So I'm keen to hear amidst our uh, polarized opinions, let's say, here on the spot, uh, how does a true fan of the sport look at something like basketball amidst all the noise? I, I thought I'm here on a break and I could just like randomly go off on <laughs> tangents <laughs> put off Indian politics are <laughs> now you put me on the spot now I have to go back to where I was one month ago and I have to be like okay well, damn I have to be now Wait. sane and all that I, I've been a fan of the way they've played cricket, I mean, I've not been a fan of the pontification around it. Uh, I don't know if there's a better word for it. Uh, the talk around it has been putting off, but the cricket has been great. I mean, it's been a good series, uh, fun stuff happening on off the field, lots of discussions about laws of cricket. That is always great. Uh, you know, there is no discussion about spirit of cricket, uh, apparently. 
which is a thing so <laughs> yeah, a beautiful exactly. word to say it because the pontiff uh, aka the pope at number 3 is uh, is injured for a while now but yeah so i mean i, I my opinion on baseball has been slightly like here and there like i mean i enjoy the cricket i don't enjoy the discussion around it but yeah let's see how the series ends uh, i think 22 will be a fair reflection of how the series has gone uh, purely from a cricketing point of view so that's probably a good reflection of how australia started well and now england are finishing well so yeah uh, let's see how that goes but in terms of talk around it i've not been a big fan of it baseball and that, yeah like most most people i'm looking forward to how it goes in india uh, that should be a good series uh, for you know a good good test of baseballing uh, will be the turning tracks of india i think i think like a lot of people are looking forward to that i'm, I'm i am too so that should be fun hope like we don't like serve up a pitch like the ahmedabad one for australia after like all the talk you know that that was slightly off putting i i hope we stick to our guns throw off turners and see how it goes i think that will be a good cycle of baseball to like the wtc cycle for two years i think that'll be a good cycle of baseball to see where it's stood after 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 the india series i think that'll be that'll be a nice point to look back i think right now i'm yeah i'm on the fence <laughs> <laughs> just like the the series when you look at the result it's it's kind of baffling and difficult to explain and uh, because the probabilities are not working out the way they should be like all the uh, all the chops onto the inside edge are not going onto the stumps suddenly we have to sort of look at outcome and say oh maybe baseball is good or sometimes we have to look at and say the baseball is bad uh, but what i have found surprising about the series in particular is that there has not been too many collapses or sudden change or shift in momentum in a lot of the test matches which i think is a is a point that uh, probably needs a little bit of dissection in the sense uh, of of approaches of of both the teams so we throw to the real nishit and ask him if he feels the same as audio note nishit or so uh, because uh, murli uh, made a telugu movie reference and uh, i have to save tony's honor also so i'll make a malayalam movie reference so <laughs> so uh, <laughs> baseball to me is malayalam movie rorshak which is something i am sure oh. is nothing ex- existing it's completely something new that mamuti has invented so i am pretty sure it's something brand new it's and uh, so <laughs> i am a, a reverse rorshak uh, when it comes to baseball in the sense i decide whether baseball is good or bad uh, depending on the day so i'll reserve my judgment until uh, this particular uh, test ends uh, it's definitely worked out well for uh, england uh, so far and uh, it's a major shift in in terms of what england were doing previously right we talked about uh, ahmedabad uh, test or even england came in so uh, that would be a good point when england actually land in uh, india and see how their approach works out so uh, uh, we have frequently discussed that uh, england has been getting a good success but uh, the real two uh, test will be against australia and against india in their away games i'm sure they'll perform better than what they did last time but uh, how much better uh, is what remains to be seen and uh, like vinayak said i hope we stick to our guns and uh, it could be a fun series one thing that i'm reminded of now is uh, it's amazing just less than 3 years since Three years on, we are doing our own version of "See You at the Kaaba Mate" to England. This, uh, this uh, mental. You think about where England were. It's the reason they didn't make the WTC final this cycle. The first half, I think they flopped completely in the pre-Bazz era, so to speak, and it feels uh, feels so long ago. 
speaking of baseball one thing that has gone uh, completely under the radar for most people anybody watched pakistan sri lanka uh, little bit yeah. i watched only like viral clip of nasim shah absolutely destroying kushal mendes and angelo matthews uh, for over after over the only people who refer to that table on the icc website which is the wtc table is most people on this pod so tony tony specifically uh, pakistan is number 1 on that as a result of this so it's it's pretty tremendous that 2-0 win has really bounced them to the top of the table and they went from having that park been incident to playing their own version of baseball you would call it it's call it pack ball call it whatever but on rank turners when their entire top order was in the threat of being bundled out for 300 you had saud shakil you had aga salman just just turn up and score those daddy hundreds right like it was crazy and and then they beat sri lanka at their own game because both the pitches started offering turn as early as say second half of day 3 i think in the in the first test and around similarish times even in the second test and you just there you just there sri lankan batsmen had no clue absolutely uh, the only thing that i want to call from that test is is the kind of blowback that's happened after that right like there were a lot of prominent sri lankan names in the journalist circles who were saying that this team absolutely need to be packed and sent sent back home or whatever or what not it's not for a lack of character but sri lanka were thoroughly outclassed by a team that was better than them on the day right it's not for a lack of character it's not for a lack of application maybe just maybe look at why you are still persisting with karuna ratne as the captain right like i mean the guy has been so vocal about not being a captain focusing on his batting right maybe just take the extra burden off his shoulders and give it to say try that as an experiment but make dasun shanaka as the test captain as well right like he's he's had a fairly decent record as i uh, in the odi and t20 teams right like maybe he just understands the team better it will be better in this phase this sort of rebuilding phase for sri lankan cricket to have a single captain across three formats right it's worth the shot uh, but it's not for a lack of application they were thoroughly outclassed a lot of uh, i think jared kimber's analysis i remember a couple of years back was calling for shan masood as like the next big thing from pakistan cricket um he showed glimpses of that in his limited innings promising innings that were like cut short by brilliant bowling but man just look at south shakil they have a winner on their hands they need to just properly maintain him right he scored that daddy 100 in the second uh, in the first test and then there was aga salman right like those two those two people and and to think about it norman ali at one point in the second test was on course to do a kumble jim laker and nijas patel and then Nasim Shah just came in and destroyed the tail right if not for that we could have we were this close to seeing the third fourth instance of a 10 wicket haul in test cricket right like we were this close so yeah it was it was like a fun it was like a fun whole test series that was taking its place in its own universe and the repercussions we are going to know right like i at this point actually wish that there were a full full blown four match or a five match test series with pakistan somewhere maybe not necessarily neutral visiting in the countries right like that would have spiced the wtc table more and instead here we are talking about how baseball's true test will be in india when we are still not sure if the outfield at dharamshala will be ready for the whole test what about the, in the next year 
sir let's not go there that's a whole separate rant it's a whole separate issue that we've been battling so yeah i mean i mean just to uh, bookend that thing we do have an open table again cliche uh, i i do look forward to the whole england india thing but pakistan in say an australian conditions or even in an england conditions now is a force to reckon with unless they get rolled over which i don't see happening with the likes of nasim shah and all of these new stars who are just just coming up one was uh, the whole pack ball thing right that in the first test they used it to great effect uh, because they were in a bit of trouble in the first innings and that's when aga salman came in and they played that they had that uh, partnership i think about 150 60 runs or so in in 30 overs Uh, and how they chased the score uh, in the second innings as well uh, it was classic pakistan they seemed to be losing wickets i think after babar fell it was still like 50 or uh, some odd runs to get and uh, any other era pakistan may have collapsed from there but they scored at like five and over and, and got this over with uh, so those are the two things that stood out for me and thirdly uh, wanted to add a bnp jinx reference here because uh, i tweeted that uh, potential jim laker claxon Oh, oh god and just the next over nasim shah came in and got the three wickets of the game was so bnp jinks one last thing i wanted to add on pakistan and this is a genuine serious question on the future of cricket is uh, mickey arthur was pakistan coach uh, when they won the 2017 champions trophy uh, since then obviously they had a raft of changes and appointments He's now based in, uh, I think, Derbyshire, if I'm not wrong, uh, as a full-time director of cricket or coach. So when Pakistan went looking for their new coach, I think their previous board chairman, Najam Sethi, uh, called Mickey Arthur because he was, uh, he was his man who did the magic with their last ICC title. And Mickey was appointed as a coach uh, doing his job fully on Zoom. Uh, like this podcast very much is the online coach and the, <laughs> and the memes floored so open question uh, is this uh, is this a model that's worth uh, replicating what would jammy sir think about it because he gets to be with his kids and coach rohit sharma uh, from just an honest standpoint i think sport is one of those things where you were physically with them is when you're able to feel the motivation encouragement the people and in terms of wanting to stick together as a team how does it feel if the one man who's supposedly supposed to shepherd the team is sitting a few thousand miles away over zoom it could work in terms of being a tactician or a creative officer or a strategist who can put down what you could do could even probably work in football but uh, as a full time coach i I I don't know it just feels like you're diminishing what the team's capable of by saying I don't even want to be next to you for what you're doing I can do it from like far away itself I'll call you like a relief not just mark me as busy this I don't think feels like uh, yeah you know I don't think it feels like coach material to me that's just my ten cents we have we have first hand experience as an audience of how this works out right this current uh, India West Indies series for uh, uh, whatever it's worth I watched it a little bit and uh it is one of those weirdest thing where uh, uh courtney walsh is uh, joining in from zoom talking to anyone who is there in studio and uh, you can clearly tell that there is a lack of palpable chemistry right that he is talking on his so uh, the closeness of it or the chemistry of it or back and forth of it it's clearly missing in uh, the commentary itself uh i can imagine it could be much uh, 
was when it comes to actual coaching but then but then here's a here's a flip side before national teams don't actually need you to coach on fundamentals right like these are fully formed players who have proven their metal at some level all they need is a lot of these nuances nitty gritties that need to be fine tuned which may or may not involve them spending hours and hours in the nets right it could be mere application right it could be mere you know understanding situations understanding match scenarios being what is called quote and quote game aware right uh, given that it's a more advanced sort of like a plus plus level of thinking that needs to go into coach someone right like it could be a worthy experiment i mean i'm all for if tomorrow say jammy sir comes back and says i'll coach the india a team or the under 19 but i'll just coach rohit sharma on game awareness or something as like a consultant coach over zoom or whatever it's a fairly good bet because then you leave it to the vikram rathors and the paras pambres who are already working on a lot of these fine tuning aspects right so it's actually a good bet for national teams right like a lot of the on ground work has been done and you can then become like some sort of like a feeder line but again i would say it works as an experiment uh, the team bonding part yes that's where i kind of agree that the coach has to be there but uh, given that this is pakistan and given that a lot of the whole uh, you know miki arthur najam sethi experiment i mean the the conversation that's there we don't know the depth of what could have happened right i would still say it's like a worthy experiment and just leave it at that and maybe not pursue it after 6 months right like probably at least not in a year where you have like major icc events or when the world test championship is at stake right no and you called it right like it's not like there are no coaching staff traveling there's an entire group of specialists who will and 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 arashwin making videos around you know uh, <laughs> sambhavangal paavangal and all of that right like so there are paridavangal paridabangal and all of that if yeah. you don't have a person physically saying get the ball ash i don't think it's coaching enough man like you have to be around you i have to feel you man you can't say on zoom it just doesn't sound the same imagine ravi shastri coming on zoom ash would call him on zoom zoom ready get the ball ash ash is like what the fuck is wrong with you murli murli sadagopan just explain why only fans has got premf right you have to feel it probably so plus intangibles yeah product people party bangal i believe i'll just draw from personal experience of when i had to do like online classes for the first time during covid um and it was the same question right that would it be as effective and you have all those doubts about uh, how much more watered down could this be and the it's turning off the video <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so and and it was it was definitely difficult uh, but i think as we went along we kind of found a middle ground that where you could reach out um, i found out that rather than taking uh, group discussions individual calls worked best in fact uh, surprising facets of the students came out in those discussions so i'm just drawing from that in terms of what what samir was saying right that it could be an interesting experiment to do and to see uh, what level of knowledge requires a uh, direct uh, individual interaction to to pass on i know sports is not the same as teaching economics but uh, kind of drawing drawing that parallel and also if force goes uh, work as senses for star wars uh, why not cricket so what murli said is something where i would stand to i mean it's it's a sport i mean it's the, the team 
the feel of being in a team and all that is probably more physical and you know this would work for a consultant or a strategist i think just one thing to add is like if i am like from a coach's perspective we've talked about a general perspective like let's say if i'm asked to coach a team for me personally i would just have a lot of fomo right i mean i tell something to the players you know do this do that do that and then the call closers and i'd be sitting at home and wondering like what is going on now like i i just feel lost right i mean i don't think it would for me it would solve the purpose of being a coach or you know telling someone to do something and then not actually being there to see whether it's being done or not i mean i just have a, speaking to them for 30 minutes in a day what are they doing for the rest of the 7 8 hours that they're usually out on the ground i mean then what is the joy of being a coach or you know i i don't see the point of that it's because vicky has another job on his hand maybe that works for him but if i am the coach of a team and i'm being told to do it on a zoom then i don't think i'd enjoy it so that's this a very personal point of view speaking of teams with no coaches uh last week saw parmanpreet <laughs> kaur reach her uh, wits end in dhaka after uh, think a series of uh, questionable umpiring decisions let's say obviously there's been a lot of criticism of her uh, and what she did at the presentation ceremony when they were sharing the trophy she's supposed to have said uh, include the umpires in the team photo obviously she protested when she lost her wicket all of this stuff uh vinayak you had a different take on this because you you see it as a bubbling of many things coming together one is random selections no coach no explanations from selectors uh team just being you know left in the lurch and to fend for themselves while obviously good things like the wpl has happened there's there's been complete uh kind of indifference let's say to the appointment of a full time coach uh, for the indian women's team the tricky thing so the for the longest time i didn't want to say anything about it because there is there is not much to say about what harmanpreet did right i mean you there is no defending that that is i think the first point of this whole argument um sure i mean smashing stumps people have done that before i mean we're talking about bangladesh and umpiring smashing stumps is kind of their own you know trade shakib so tribute at this point yeah it's a, it's 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 their it's their thing so it's not new uh protesting umpiring decisions is not new uh coming out to the presentation ceremony and saying umpiring is pathetic that's probably new uh, i don't think we've had that level of criticism in cricket uh before um so those parts of what harman did i could understand i'm not a fan of what how she approached it i mean because technically she was actually out i mean whether it was lbw or potter slip she was out i think so her reaction i don't understand it, it it was a collection of things i mean the whole series was like riddled with controversial decisions poor streaming poor commentary this like i mean you could good riddance to that series right i mean so that's what that's what probably was going on in her mind as well and it all just came out and all that i understand just to the bit, just to interrupt and say that yeah. this pod has better production than that series did uh, yeah yeah totally oh, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah we have like fancy mics and stuff man so that's that's even yeah and we have like cogent cogent discussions on topics right yeah that's that's already <laughs> two things that are better so yeah um i think what she did in the presentation was completely uncalled for uh, basically because it belittled what Bangladesh did whether she was a fan of what went on in the series or not she just completely disrespected the opponent and uh, i completely understand what uh, nigar sultana jyoti did you know just taking her team off from there was a very mature thing to do she could have probably like you know gotten into an argument there with arman it could have gotten ugly for all we know she did the right thing in taking people off 
and i think she had an interview recently uh, I, i was reading something yesterday on rev sports where she said she was most disappointed because the team like uh, there are there are a lot of youngsters in bangladesh who actually consider harmanpreet and smriti to be their idols and after defeating them in a series and it it ending this way when you know she thought maybe harman and smriti would come and pat them pat these youngsters on the back pat amarufa on the back and saying you know you're doing well you know keep it going and things like that it ended that way that i think is the most disappointing aspect so that i think is the first part of this discussion right what harman rate is inexcusable the reason i felt that i had to say what i said on twitter was because the criticism was just so over the top i mean you're asking for the captain to be sacked based on like you know um, a few moments of indiscretion right i mean she's already getting punished which is fine like the icc did what they had to do and all that uh, you're going over the top saying you know she bought the country to disrespect you know uh, she need she should be deplorable words like that those were thrown thrown around right yeah. so that made me think so you're saying all this because the captain had like 15 minutes of bad temper but the apathy towards the team has been going on for 6 months did you ask for the selectors to be sacked when they went to a world cup without a head coach yeah. imagine i mean i i hate saying this whenever there is a discussion on women's cricket uh, because i i used to do this when i started out then i told myself well, let's not do this right this is something that i consciously avoid don't say what would happen if this happened in men's cricket right don't use that in any argument but for this imagine the indian men's team going to a world cup without a head coach i mean is that is that scenario even possible absolutely not so when that happened how many people spoke up like how many people even knew that the indian world the t20 world cup team didn't have a head coach despite the former head coach uh, being moved one month in advance it was not something ramesh pawar didn't step down overnight before the world cup they had a month before that they appointed rishikesh kanetkar as the batting coach i don't know what the, what joy there was they could have just appointed him as a head coach if they were not going to appoint a head coach they could have just told him like you are the head coach i mean but they said he is a batting coach and we are looking for a head coach now they have been looking for a head coach for so long and there is still no clarity on who the head coach is and nushin went so my question they, is when and they said no... they would appoint a head coach before the bangladesh series right that was a thing right. for four yeah, days they had put out, yeah, they had, yeah yeah they had put out a ad, advert like just after wpl had gotten over and they apparently got a few applications reports came in that amul was amol mazumdar was uh, the favorite then nothing happened then nushin went i mean for 7 months they have not had a head coach there is no vision right i mean imagine a team like any team right not just a cricket team any team going to a corporate environment without knowing who their what their vision is what their ideas are what their values are you are bound to have things like you bound to see things like this right i mean there is no one to rein in i saw a tweet uh, from snehal that came up uh, from back then when you know w raman forced uh, when he was a head coach he forced the indian team to not force like he encouraged the indian team to go speak to the england players after the world cup even though they were heartbroken you know uh, on, not england the australia 2020 world cup i think uh, to go and congratulate them even though you're heartbroken right so that's when when the players are not in the right frame of mind you need someone to shepherd them i'm not saying nushin is not that person but they've been changing 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 so just i mean when people are calling out harman for such a small mistake something has been going on for 6 8 months and there's no one like i mean did you if you're saying what harman did is sackable are in the bcci admin sackable as well i mean their mistake seems graver to me and people were like hey what is this what about re but i mean this feels like a normal what about re to me yeah valid what about re round 3 of uh, samir baiting what about the tickets no no i think 
i think perfect segue into the whole what about re admin need sacking and all of that right like what we are like 65 days odd out before the first ball is bowled in that england versus new zealand game and no news about tickets i mean the the whole aap chronology samjhiye in the last two weeks has been brilliant okay first there is this news that comes out that there are like luxury packages selling for the india pakistan game in ahmedabad said luxury packages get sold out no news about tickets being announced people being people suddenly next day you get a report saying that because of the fact that ahmedabad hotels are like seeing record room rents over that period people are checking into hospitals and icus and booking like one day full body tests and you know health checkups around october 14th and october 15th so that they get to view the match and they get to stay in the host- hospital overnight right like i am not even going to get into the whole human i mean the whole basic human courtesy aspect of it because i just see that as a you know the a whole different thing and there'll be a whole different tangent Three days later, you get a news saying that because said game, India versus Pakistan, is on the first day of Navratri, and there is sources who quote that it could be security concerns. There is chance of the match being moved either pre-poned or postponed, likely to be pre-poned. So you see how literally and and to quote from Sid Monga's article, right? Despite all of this, they will go scot-free because. i was trying to think about it and trying to articulate this point because there is really no affordable means of entertainment for an average indian citizen right like imagine the kind of people who will probably be standing in the queues getting those beatings right and sidmonga's article also called out for the fact that uh, you know it was a ridiculous decision on the ipl final to retain your physical tickets because the queue and to not Uh, and to keep the qr code safe so that they could be granted entry again into the stadium the next day similar announcement this time no e tickets physical papers only i mean why are you the world's richest board man i mean why are you doing all of this and in middle of all of this they announced the england schedule no games to mumbai no games to kolkata no games to chennai no games to bangalore no games to delhi the only marquee game is probably hyderabad and dharamshala so and and the and the rationale that everyone gives is it's because the other centers hosted world cup games so these guys uh, these five four five centers get games now i mean it's just ridiculous and and then i am pretty sure this is what's going to happen after the england series there are at least going to be two centers i am i don't want to demoralize or uh, you know uh, call out the pitchforks but i'm taking a wild guess that it is going to be one of hyderabad or vizag is going to be in there where you're going to see record low crowds for some reason because of because you'll inadvertently schedule day 3 or day 4 over the weekend but you'll give up a rank turner day one day two people won't turn up the match gets closed and they'll say test cricket is dying in india right like your entire scheduling your entire planning there is no thought process you send the women's team to a bangladesh to tour where even basic video equipment is not existing and the commentary is, is to put it very politely sucks donkey balls uh it's just crazy and and the only thing that you care about are probably central contracts and sponsorships in a in a quirk of fate so dream 11 runs this uh, thing that's like a equivalent of an f1 paddock right uh, where you have like a luxury hole you know uh, ringside view vip tickets and all of that so with this planning uh, because dream 11 that that arm had already announced the luxury 
packages for a lot of the games for international residents people who had pre booked are now starting to lose money right like this is just dharamshala from march 2023 all over again you don't have outfields ready you don't have basic ticketing mechanism ready and i think we should include that chitbonga piece in the show notes because it basically talks about the problem or the the deep rooted thing that is there inside the administration that the sport is not for a fan and to be very honest even if i want to take my partner out or my parents out to the world cup game in chennai i have to think at least three times because no facilities right like if the ipl was any any heads up it was a nightmare it was a proper nightmare and my with each day the chances for real fans to probably get tickets and go tour is is just reducing so yeah and rant fin obviously because there's a lot of dharamshala ptsd there but uh, going back to what i had quoted to karthik back in the day the best thing to be an indian fan is just sit at your house fix your internet grab a nice cold beer or a whiskey or whatever non alcoholic drink that you like and just watch the match because that is the best experience there is nothing else and trust me it's not worth going to a stadium at this point i'll just say two things so first thing uh, bangalore uh, is hosting india australia cricket test match right and it's one of those series where australia can genuinely challenge uh, challenge india they are already uh, their india is already in danger of losing the series to australia at home and uh, uh silly me i made a mistake of thinking that okay let's reach early in the morning i should get a ticket and before i realized i missed the whole session because the ticketing system was so complex that it took me 2 3 hours just to get tickets then i had to get in a separate line to get in the, inside the stadium and uh, so uh, all's well that ends well it was a happy match and then this uh other thing about ipl final i am in the town i am uh, uh for personal reasons i am uh, in ahmedabad i have a an offer of ticket but i choose not to go for multiple reasons and then this news starts coming in about how fans are queuing up there are no proper facilities they don't know how to do this and then this world cup announcement comes india versus pakistan at ahmedabad so now here i am thinking now this is my turn to take revenge against the system i am from ahmedabad so as much as bcci tries hard to make it uh, hard for fans i'll try to push back as much as i can even uh, in this group even in the close friends group i have mentioned uh if you guys are planning to go tell me i'll help help you out as much as i can i asked uh, my brother to say that let's be prepared i'll uh, whether i come or not let's make sure to collect the tickets we'll find someone who can collect the tickets for fans uh, or friends who are joining us uh let's try to uh, find people uh Uh, apart from our house let's find people who are willing to host friends and we will 
I I I don't know whether I would call my rage against the machine, but uh, it is what it is when uh, uh, when the administrator doesn't uh, step up, you have to step up step up for the fellow fans. So I was I was pretty uh, feeling pretty happy about myself uh, that okay this is something that can really uh, work out well. I may not be able to do it for. Hundred people, but maybe ten people. I can actually uh, make it a good experience. And then, uh, oh my God, so on Sare, Jahan se achcha is playing in the yeah, background, man. man. Like, I can, like goosebumps is happening, and I'm thinking this man is like, okay, BCCI is terrible. Let's kill them with kindness. I was like, this is sinister, so good. You are like, I don't care if you screw this up so much. I'll make it so good for fans that they won't be able to hate you. What are you made of, Nishit? Yeah, yeah. Can I just yeah. can I just interrupt here one second? Yeah, yeah I sure. I think that is probably what BCCI wants you to do, man. <laughs> They'd be really happy if there are like three, four people doing this. I'm like, oh, this is great. Let's just let let people do this. I don't think you're raging against the PCC. You're probably making life easier for them. Oh, that's <laughs> but that's democratized hospitality package. Yeah, yeah but, is... but in in econ speak, a private solution to a public goods problem is exactly exactly. The that I is in the BCCI point. is inception. <laughs> they just planted it in your head. Eighty-five thousand, right? Like that's the ballpark capacity of the new Motera. So eighty-five thousand people, you know that they are coming, right? You should be able to create an ecosystem and create this whole thing around where people can come in and take the tickets. MCG has ten thousand more, right? And the odds of getting into a Boxing Day test with India and Australia is hundred x more than what it. would be for an average india game in bangalore i am not even naming who the opponent could be but it's just an average india game i have better odds of going and watching it in melbourne or adelaide with my extended family there rather than just hopping skipping jumping at uh, chinnaswamy 10 kilometers from my house or even picking like the beach line here in chennai and going watching a csk game because my only thing is probably i'll pick the beach line and go watch the game when the train goes through between uh, chepak and chittadripet right like not enter the stadium no you are still going to be like i'm going to be stuck in this whole bureaucratic dilemma because mere ko ghanta farak padta hai mere ko incentive nahi hai right like it's it's literally that and Somewhere on a Mumbai local Vipul, aka Sporty Baba, is listening to this segment, nodding along, probably into the head of his passenger, fellow passenger, right next to him. Uh, anyway, on that note, welcome back uh, from episode eighty-two of the Seen and the Unseen. Sorry, uh, bits and pieces. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nishit, uh, I have to call out this one thing, man. This is goes such so against the stereotype they paint of your community, man. Here, I was thinking you will say I'll open my doors. <laughs> All my neighbors will open the doors before I knew it through word of mouth. A Gujarati man overtakes Airbnb in fifteen years as a LinkedIn post I'll read in twenty thirty. And here you're saying no, no, everybody should come. They should watch. Everybody should be happy. It's so unguju, man. <laughs> So Vinayak, I'm going to hijack uh, Shrinath's role for a moment and going to put you onto the same question Samir is saying that uh, from a sports journalist point of view, how how does one one cover broad or how do you how do you paint the broad brushstroke of this cricketer? Broadly speaking, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And not uh... deliver a broadside. Go on. <laughs> It's just too easy, man. <laughs> um yeah it's a very fascinating i mean i if if i was 
like you know journalist in england and all that i would love writing about broad right i mean that is he's the kind of character who gives you a lot i think you generally like writing about people like that uh, colorful you know either way like his you know opinions on spirit of cricket and laws and all that is on one side he's a great cricketer speaks well whether he's right or wrong he is very assertive so yeah he'd be a great cricketer to follow a great cricketer to write about um can't deny what he's done as a cricketer uh, especially in tests i mean 600 wickets as a pacer is just like i mean unbelievable uh in this era especially right i mean and to think that he started off as a white ball bowler and you know all that he had early in his career and then to focus with james anderson become this pair of uh, terrific bowlers in favorable conditions we need to add that whenever we speak about anderson broad i feel but yeah terrific cricketer and whether you agree with him or not as a journalist you would love to write about him i think that's that's the kind of uh player i remember him as uh i pretty much disagree with most of the things he says in terms of opinion on you know laws and spirit and all that i, I completely disagree with what he says but he has opinion so that's that's a nice thing and it's it's, it's always good to follow cricketers like or athletes uh, like that um instead of you know people who toe the line and you don't really say anything interesting and all that yeah so it's it'll be a fascinating person to write about i mean whoever writes his biography would have a great time I'm sure it's one of the rare cases i think personally for me um been able to separate the art from the artist uh, fair bit because broad as a bowler i think because of how privileged england are with the bami army traveling with them he can g up a crowd in any situation of a match at any venue in the world uh, because he's at least got a group of fans and when it's in england of course you don't even need to you know think about uh, how much that impacts their performance for example whether it's the holly stand in edgbaston or his own home ground in trent bridge i was reading quite a bit of the writing about him yesterday because it was so sudden and uh, took me by surprise uh, to a point where for a couple of days i was even willing to support and root for england uh, to draw the series uh, which as If you, even if you listen to a single episode uh, of me being on the spot you would know is is significant uh, detour from status quo i think broad was doubted to be a top order batsman when he started because of his height and his back foot cover drive uh, which they say was very similar to his dad and from there to become becoming an elite fast bowler uh, of 600 plus wickets obviously it reminds me of ashna but uh, beyond that i think that's uh, quite an achievement as a fast bowler to have played 17 years and to to bring up the overused indian fans angle to this to come back from being tonked for six sixes in an over at a world t20 no no matter what the inconsequentiality of that match was i think it's uh, it's quite a career that he's had and uh, cricket needs test cricket at least needs more characters like that too it's almost like kohli at vichina swami cheering up the crowd uh when india are chasing a win on day 5 uh, so it, it does need more broads and kohlis to to thrive in our world so may i just I, say that uh, vipul will be nodding along to that one as well 
<laughs> I, I don't know if I can. I still liked watching him bowl. Like I can't make up my mind. You know, it's so difficult, right? It's like I hated watching him bowl. Is that the part I liked about myself because I could hate him so much? This is so convoluted in my head. I, because every time he comes into bowl, I can tell myself I hate this or this face coming into bowl, and yet it perfectly pitches on like middle or off in middle, and then curves away. Just leaves Quaja's bat, and Quaja goes. And I'm like, yeah, he is an oof kind of bowler. He really does do that to you from time to time. The fact that he can hold the odd, you know, cross seam and make it nip back in, in, and the fact that he had Warner just hanging on a shoestring, man. Already Warner came so low. He's coming low to every tournament, and then you come in to know that you'll definitely give your wicket to the same bowler each time. That's, and he's the only bowler I think who's played all five tests consistently, bowled 20 wickets more than Cummins. I think there is a lot to admire about this chap. Two thirds of his wickets are in abroad. I think 400 uh, out of 600 uh, are at home. It's only 200 abroad. Nevertheless, I think at home to have somebody like that, which means it's super difficult for you to play because he's always going to be so good. Because even Anderson has had dips. He He's dipped the sashes. He's, he's not really there. But Broad has been and he's consistently been that in thorn they could use against uh, the Australian batting, which has been pretty strong. So I think I'm lots to admire about Broad and I, I wish him well. Though... I cannot believe he didn't walk after hitting something to slip because that's just <laughs> horrible, man. It's the farthest anybody has edged anything and not walked. It's first slip. The keeper couldn't catch it because you had nicked it so far out. Yeah. And yeah. It, it does require some amount of acting chops as well because he kept a straight face. He acted clueless. Like, you want my money? Why? And then I was, and then the empire absolute dunce. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. Uh... I think I was seeing that specific video passage of play today and I was like after Brightly, he does seem to have a promising Bollywood career if he ever decides to. Uh, but having said that, I came across the greatest probable <laughs> tweet on Brad yesterday, right? Like I was looking up some by stuff. By El Chopernos? No, it wasn't by El Chopernos. We'll, we'll link it. It's courtesy uh, something that was... Um, it says that no fast bowler has taken more wickets than Stuart Broad in test cricket that is at 117 since he started wearing the white headband and i was like wow that's a that's a great starting point right like this is properly in the whole alex carry swimming pool territory right <laughs> and 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 that and that made me throw back to i mean we'll all talk about how broad is like a likable or an unlikable character but probably one of the ashes wherein the 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 camera was wearing like a white headband in a uh, you know uh, I I think it was the spider cam which wore uh, the headband to the broad or uh, headband after hitting him or something like that that felt like a uh, cute the robot at uh, the robot cam I oh yeah, yeah he called yeah. about says stop moving the robot so yeah I think that was yeah I mean I and that was hilarious right like I mean. I do hope, I mean, irrespective of whatever the result is by the time, uh, you know, the pod releases that there is an 18th for Broad, right? Like, I mean, the delightful joy in his face whenever he gets Warner is something else, right? Like, and and I, I mean, it, it just also signifies the downfall or the, you know, sort of the curtains on this rivalry thing, right? We don't want to get into the whole thing, but probably I'll leave that the romanticizing part to the other podcast about probably the first wicket or the headband thing which is head and tails heads and tails Ooh. but yeah love love to see if there's an 18th wicket by today which it looks difficult today but probably by tomorrow when the play resumes so yeah nice uh I just want to finish on this by 
talking about the tribute sky did uh, and obviously the great cricketer had an elite mistake on that and said broad informed sky long enough for them to produce a 3 minute piece on him voiced by michael atherton so this was coming for a long time uh, according to them but anyway i think the the parts i really liked about you know how they did it was it was not a biased eulogy just which just with the best moments but also Samir, what you referenced was part of the script. Uh, Atherton apparently wrote the whole thing, and he said, uh, uh, "If if a human could pick a fight with a robot, uh, and pretty much the pitch and the bales and the stumps, and make them, you know, feel like the biggest enemy there is, uh, Stuart Broad is is that bowler uh, because he's been characterized as, you know, uh, a pantomime villain or somebody who gives it his all." but anderson keeps getting called as the english specialist right but broad has played 25 consecutive ashes tests at home since that 2009 spell uh, when he when he got watson and ponting and hussey and pretty much the entire uh, top and middle order which is pretty insane you don't think of broad as your he's he's not he's not clouder's son right like he doesn't have even a moniker uh, equivalent of that and broads somehow i mean he is even on the lord's honors board i believe as a as a batter uh, with that 100 and it's uh, it's quite insane uh morley mentioned this uh, 400 wickets at home it's as good as anderson man i don't know one thing i i do i i understand this is a team sport so federer analogy won't work people should play until when they want to etc but it's not like sanderson can play man it's not like he's such a difficulty to lug around and the he's fit you he seemed diving at the boundary to save he's he's really pushing himself and sometimes you can just not get wickets and still be a good bowler i don't think he was dishing out like half volleys and short balls all the time you just not lucky sometimes and, and it's a tough series it's a really good like there are zen batters batting like 400 500 balls out there man usman khwaja just need like he's a monk so what can you do sometimes you just don't get wickets but i think he should play as long as he wants to because yeah. england keep giving him those tests yeah yeah i'm not i'm not against him playing for long i'm just just main calling out the fact that there are a lot of these memes floating right around that and it's a fact that there's a certain section of the audience which believes that his time quote and quote has come to pass or whatever but i mean he just unleashed a majestic river sweep today so you never know more anderson in the future probably touring dharamshala if the outfield is ready <laughs> you are from a country first. that made ms dhoni anderson is nothing you could retire for 10 15 years continuously your neighbor is to shy the free the he still playing today now as we speak in zimbabwe afro t10 time is there <laughs> time is there yeah we'll put one entire uh, 15 year ipl career after people started talking about <laughs> retirement <laughs> on that note you will have noticed that our podcast now has a brand new professional logo unlike uh, the content of the pod itself it's been done by an expert and uh, our heartfelt thanks to harini kannan uh, who also happens to be one of our podcast group and hopefully soon to be regulars varun venkatesh uh, uh, she has done a stellar job of you know listening to our repeated feedback and producing version after version so thank you so much harini and uh, on that note that's the end of episode 82 of bits and pieces if you've uh, stayed with us for this long thanks so much for listening 
leave us a rating only five stars wherever you listen to this podcast uh, so we keep this going and bring you more lols and nonsense in the near future thank you say bye guys thank you thank you everyone bye. thank you baba look out for our next episode in the theaters because it's 83 and just <laughs> <laughs> it's on netflix by the way <laughs> hey cutie you're still here expecting a post credit scene on bits and pieces well aren't you a marvel as it turns out we do have an easter egg for you here's nishit desai's audition to be on bits and pieces or him actually retrospectively being on any episode of bits and pieces in the last few episodes take a listen hey guys thank you for welcoming me on the pod so excited to be here all right uh, can we do this quickly i have two more podcast episodes to record that are way more popular than this So excited! Woohoo! Let's do this! Hi Sidvi, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Oh Sidvi, yeah. When we when I heard we were getting someone from 81 all out, I thought it was going to be my favorite Kartikey Date. But I guess that's okay. I think I quite agree with you there Nitin. I don't think I agree with you Nitin. That's simply not right. Yeah, I agree basketball has really revolutionized uh, the cricket. It leverages the synergy of hyper modern hyper aggressive cricket and marries it with the beauty of old test cricket cricket and gives us this wonderful amalgamation. of two beauties of the world oh basketball ah just because you play reckless cricket and sometimes you win you will just call it a new approach is it you are trailing 2-0 in ashes da what is so revolutionary about basketball listen pgk you might be ceo of ken but you are not ceo of of me that's it i am done peace out it was so great to be on the pod guys i would love to be here again thank you everyone it was a great experience tv empire to director We have a player review. Can we rock and roll please? But you are not CEO oh, of me. Rock and roll please. But you are not CEO oh, of me. Can we rock and roll That's please? That's it. I am done. Peace out. Push.